you, Jesus, for your presence, Lord. Thank you, God.
resurrected King. God, that you did not stay in the grave, God, but you rose again and you live today. Jesus, we praise you. We honor you. We thank you for your great work. God, you are amazing. God, let us never forget. God, let us never forget the magnitude of what we celebrate on this day, our risen King. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Grace Church. Happy Easter. So good to be with you this morning. My name is Misty. This is Paul. We're going to continue in our time of worship through giving. During this season, we are doing so much with our community in partnership with the school district. We're continuing to provide groceries to an apartment complex every week. We get to do this because of your donations and your financial support. During this time, we want to make sure that we're continuing to honor God with our giving. So will you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you so much, God, that, Lord, that you know what we need before we even ask it. And God, that you have given us the opportunity to serve our community in a whole new way. Lord, as we give to you this morning, we give with a cheerful heart. We give saying, God, we trust you. We know that you know the things that are ahead of us and that you will continue to provide. We love you, Jesus, in your mighty name, amen. Well, Grace Church, we like to say that no one stands alone. And the way that we're doing that right now through these times is through our grace groups. And you can find more information about how to connect with, with the, your grace group on our website, gcfw.org. We have, we have groups for kids, uh, for men, for women. It's a great time to stay connected during these times. We're so excited to celebrate Easter with you this morning. And our worship team has been preparing a very special song for you. And as we get ready to hear that, I want to read a scripture for you. And as they sing this, would you just allow the Lord to minister to your heart? The scripture comes out of Numbers. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Children, and their children, may His favor be upon you 
everybody. Happy Easter. Hey, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy as being a pastor is on Easter Sunday, I say, he is risen, and the crowd says, he is risen indeed. And, uh, you know, today, uh, I, I need to hear that through your texting or through your posting right now. So I'm going to say he is risen, and I want you to put down, uh, in, he is indeed. So here we go. Ready? He is risen. He is risen. I know you're putting it in there. I know you're putting it in there. Well, uh, it's so good to be with you on this Easter morning. Uh, thank you for bringing us into your home so that we can have an Easter celebration this year. Um, but I want to get right into the word this morning. Um, let me begin with asking you a question. What comes to mind when you think of these two words? These words are death and delay. You're probably wondering, Pastor Omar, how are you starting this way? Well, just, just be patient. Just, just work with me here. So when you think of the words death and delay, I want to know what, it, what comes to mind. It's probably not positive, right? It sounds horrible, doesn't it? See, none of us like to talk about death, and we certainly do not like to experience delay. Yet these two things are woven into the fabric of the Easter story. See, what God does is that he gives us a new perspective on death and delay and shows us that, that, that hope can rise above death and delay. So we're going to learn this through the Easter story. So if you have your Bibles, uh, go to the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. That's where we're going to be reading the story of the first Easter morning. So Mark chapter 16, chapter 16, starting in verse one, it says this. It says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early, on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance 
of the tomb. Now, what we find here is that there are three women, three women looking for closure. Now, if you ever experience the death of a loved one, then you understand how important this moment is for these women. See, these women needed closure, yet they also were feeling this need to be close to Jesus. You know, this is the third day that Jesus' body laid in the tomb. And they were only doing what they knew to do. And that was to take these spices and go to the tomb. It was kind of a, an informal funeral for Jesus. And so they're coming to this tomb and they're, and they're probably thinking all these thoughts. But I want to tell you that in this moment, the death of Jesus, this represented finality for them. It represented closure to all their hopes and all their dreams that came with following Jesus. Now, as we look at the story this morning, I want us to take a deeper look. I want us to put ourselves in their place for a moment. I want us to, to feel the weight of disappointment that these women must have felt. I want to invite you into the depths of sorrow that they had to be walking through. Yeah. Now, I know that there's probably some of us here watching today that can relate and we can understand what it feels to have to walk through death of a loved one or feeling this, this deep disappointment. See, these women, they, they believed that Jesus was the promised Messiah. They believed it in so much that, like many of Jesus' disciples, they left everything behind to follow him. These women saw Jesus do these miraculous, I mean, amazing things, these miracles that build their faith, that, that, that let them know that Jesus wasn't just a, a rabbi, and he wasn't just a prophet, but that he was truly the Messiah. They believed it with all their heart. So look at these women. What does this say about these women? Who are these women? Well, we know from scripture that one of these women was named Mary Magdalene. She was in this group, and scripture tells us is that Jesus, when, when, when she encountered Jesus, Jesus casted out seven demons from her. He set her free from seven demons. I mean, you can imagine what, what, what that would have been like for this woman. Then we see another Mary in this, and the Bible tells us that she is the mother of two of Jesus' disciples. But historians tell us that she was wealthy, and she was part of the people that helped support Jesus' ministry. There was also another woman by the name of Salome, and she was the mother of better-known disciples, James and John. The reason why I tell you all this is because I want you to understand that these women had a long history with Jesus. So I want you to know that, imagine the magnitude of grief that they felt on that first Easter morning as they are approaching the tomb. They were so distraught that they weren't even thinking about all the details of what they needed, like they needed somebody to come and help them roll over the stone that was in front of the tomb. And the reason why is because they were consumed with grief. They were consumed with this thought that Jesus was gone, and so that, that means that everything was over. And they're sitting in this moment of the now what? They had given their lives to follow Jesus. They had fully accepted that he was the long-awaited Messiah. And now he's gone. It was the end for them. The end of a relationship. They had to go to this place to try to understand is how do we now live without the person that we love? 
Just like many of us, we have probably have walked through times in our lives, some of us more than others who have had that same feeling of, of having to survive, having to live without that person that you love. And if you've ever had that experience, and you know what I'm talking about here, that there's always these, these, these thoughts of, I wish I could have, I wish I would have. If I only had one more day with that person, I could imagine that all three of these women had all these thoughts going through their minds that morning. And ultimately, in their minds, they thought that Jesus' death was final, that it was over. But little did they know that it was only a delay. You know what? I, I think sometimes that in our lives, sometimes we call some things dead in our lives that are actually only a delay. This is what the Easter story teaches us, friends. And I believe today God wants to give you a new perspective on death, Amen. his perspective. See, unknowingly, what these women had done and also the disciples is that, the, is that they convinced themselves that this was the end, that this was over. And it's hard to believe this because Jesus told them that this would happen. Even as recent as the night before his arrest, he, he takes his disciples and he gathers them close to him and he tells them what will happen. But he says, listen, this will not be the end, that there is more. He says, he says yes, this will happen. And as tragic as it sounds, he says, that won't be the end. That won't be the end. I will return. Look for it yourself. It's in Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. He says, now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. And on the way, he took the 12 aside and he said to them, he said, we are going to Jerusalem. And he said, and the son of man would be delivered over the chief priests and the teachers of the law. He says, they will condemn him to death. I mean, Jesus is telling them straight up. He says, they will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, listen to this, to be flogged and to be crucified. I mean, Jesus is telling them prior to this whole experience, but then he doesn't stop there. He says, but on the third day, he will raise to life. I'm not sure if Jesus could have been more clear than in that moment. But they were so blinded by their disappointment, by their hurt, by the shock of it all, that they had completely forgotten all that Jesus said because they stayed in the state of finality. See, Jesus had taught them that death is not final, that it's only a delay. Remember, the, the, these people, they were with him when he raised a girl back to life. They were with him when he raised a boy back to life. They were even with him when he raised a man, Lazarus, back to life. But yet somehow, in some way, they were not able to think that he had the power to raise himself back to life. And you wonder, just like I wonder when I read the story, I'm like, how can that happen? How did they miss it? But before I judge them, I thought about myself and I thought about how I am at times where it's easier to believe for someone else and it's hard sometimes to believe for myself, for my situation, for my life. Why? Because sometimes we are blinded by our unmet expectations and by our shattered hopes. See, they expected Jesus to live and reign, not to suffer and die. Their hope was based on their own expectations and not on his words. I want to ask you this morning, is your hope, is our hope in our expectations or do we place our hope on his word? I think today that there is many of us who sometimes think in our life that things are dead. But I believe this Easter Sunday, Jesus wants to tell you, stop calling those things dead. 
See, when, when things don't happen the way that you think they should happen, when things happen in a way that you don't expect, it breaks you, doesn't it? It, it depletes the hope that you have. You know, there's nothing worse in the human soul than to lose hope. And these men and these women who followed Jesus, they lost their hope when Jesus took his last breath. I wonder, I wonder what kind of things happen in our lives that brought death to hope. Maybe it was when you got served the divorce papers and you were hoping that you could reconcile, but when you saw the papers right in front of you, all of a sudden, all hope seemed to be lost. Maybe it was the loss of, jo- of the job and you were looking for all these jobs, but nothing is, there's, there's nothing coming your way and the bills are, pack, are stacking up and, and you feel the pressure, the financial pressure upon you and, and, and all of a sudden that is making it unbearable to hold on to hope. Maybe you get this unimaginable news from the doctor. Maybe it's the disappointment of trying to get pregnant. And after eight attempts and several miscarriages, now you are losing some hope. Maybe it's in your relapse that you hope that this would be the last time, but then you're experiencing that it hasn't been, that you fell off and you don't know what to do. And now you're wondering, can I keep doing this? Is there any hope for me? Or maybe it was in a death and you're struck with grief and it's taken your hope. You know, I want to tell you that there are many in our community that are suffering silently. They're battling demons that they don't talk about, yet they battle mental illness and it's depleting their hope. Now, I think that if I asked everybody and took a poll, I think we can all talk about moments in life where we feel like our hope is hard to hold on to. But what if we're calling these things dead when Jesus wants us to see that there is power to resurrect? See, what I see in the story is that Jesus, he begins his resurrection by resurrecting hope. Our hope in him. I think that's the very reason why I think that the women saw the empty tomb first and not him first. Because when they saw the empty tomb, all of a sudden hope started to rise in their hearts, and faith got ignited. That's what I see in this story. And this is the hope of Easter, friends. We can't put a period where God wants to put a comma. We can't say that it's over when God is part of the equation. Just because there is the delay does not mean that it's dead. God can work through all things. He can work through the things that we say that are dead. He can work through the toughest struggles in our lives. He can work through the deepest pains that we're going through. He can work through our greatest disappointment. Our darkest moments do not have to crush us, friends, because God can take dead things and he can raise them back to life. Jesus wants us to understand this through the Easter story that he has the power to raise dead things to life. And friends, that resurrection power is available to you today. Hear me now that this does not mean that, that everything that you want and everything you desire is meant to happen. I'm talking about the things that God has put in your heart. The promises that he gives us in his word. And, 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 and he gives you the ability to overcome even the greatest struggles in your life. But what you have to understand, and through this story, is that in him, death is not final. But here's the tough part. 
we do have to face death. Because death has to happen before there could be a resurrection. Let me, let me tell you about another story in the Bible that illustrates this point a little farther. It, it, the Bible tells us that a couple of months before the, before the crucifixion, Jesus hears about the illness of his dear friend, Lazarus. He was on the verge of death. The Bible says that something in this moment, that as Jesus hears the news, it says something very strange. It says that when Jesus heard the news that his friend that he loved was terminally ill, it says that he stayed where he was at for two extra days. Uh, I know when I first read that, that really bothered me for a moment. But I think we need to take a closer look because I think Jesus is trying to teach us something this morning. It's in John chapter 11. You can read the whole chapter, but it says this in verse 5. He says, now Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus. So when they heard that Jesus, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there for two more days. Now, the trip to Bethany, where Lazarus was at, was only 20 miles away from where Jesus was at. It was just a day's journey, yet Jesus stayed for two more days. In the face of death, Jesus delayed. I know it doesn't make sense in that moment. It didn't make sense for them. And it's hard sometimes when we're reading this. It doesn't make sense to us in the moment. Now, they are not just offended by Jesus, but they are deeply hurt by Jesus' delay. You know, why would Jesus delay? Why would he allow Lazarus to stay ill and worse, die? Why would Jesus allow this situation to end in death when he had the power to change it? I think we ask the same questions ourselves, don't we? When we experience the loss of hope, when we experience the loss of expectations, when we go through the darkest times in our life, we ask God, if God could change this, why doesn't he? I'm glad we're not alone in these questions. And I'm glad that Jesus does not rebuke us for these questions, but he allows us to come in and seek him, and he shows us a fresh revelation. And that's what we're about to see right now. Verse 17, it says, On his arrival, Jesus finally shows up, and it says that Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them for their loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Now, I want you to listen to the emotion of this woman's words. She says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, Jesus, why did you let this go to the point of death? You could have stopped this. We could have, we could have avoided this pain. Jesus, you are the healer. I believe with all my heart that you are the great physician. Jesus, why did you allow this? See, for them, death was final. But to Jesus, death was only a delay. See, when you put Jesus in the equation of your life, hope should rise. So the question goes back to the why. Why would he allow that? Why would he let Lazarus die only to raise him up? And this is the this is the, the million-dollar question, but here's the answer through the Word of God, because he wants us to have a deeper revelation of who he is. See, there are some things that we can only learn about Jesus through experiencing it, not just through knowledge or just thinking it, but we have to walk through it. We have to experience it for ourselves. We have to experience the saving power of Jesus. 
Before we have knowledge, we have to receive this as revelation into every part of our lives, to the deepest things, to our deepest needs for him. Now, you don't understand exactly why we had to go to the cross until you find that revelation. Sure, you know the story. You probably heard it this week. You understand it in your head, but has it transformed your heart? See, Jesus tells Martha this in verse 25. He says to her, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? This is the question that we all have to answer for ourselves. And what I'm learning about my experience and my faith, I'm learning that the hardest things in life teach me the greatest lessons about God and who he is. Jesus allowed death to show up so that they have a greater understanding that he has the power over death. They would have a greater revelation of what he can do. Now, I want you to notice what he says here and how he says it. He says this. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, we often look at this and, and we look at our lives and we say this. We say, it is the life and resurrection. That would make more sense, but that's not what Jesus says. See, we think of it this way. I'm going to live my life, and then when I die, I will be resurrected. Life and resurrection. But Jesus sees it differently. Do you want to see his perspective on death? The one that he has? Jesus says it's in revelation, or resurrection first and then life. See, some of you are living life right now without resurrection. This is why you might feel empty. This is why maybe you might not feel satisfied with life. Now, sure, there's some moments where you feel like you can find an escape from these questions and these things that are stirring in your heart. But when you're alone, when you're laying your head on the pillow at night, maybe these, these, these thoughts crowd your mind. Is there more to life? There must be. And Jesus would tell us we need resurrection first. The Bible tells us all that we all have a sin problem. And that's why Jesus had to go to the cross. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, listen to this, to the, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, resurrection first, because we were all born spiritually dead. Now, if you're a Christ follower today, then you need to understand this, is that you're a resurrected spirit in an unresurrected body. Wow. Now, if you're a non-believer today, first off, I want to thank you for tuning us in and watching this. I'm so glad that you're watching. But you need to understand who you are. You are an unresurrected spirit in an unresurrected body. Here's the truth of it all. One day, all of us, every one of us has to face physical death. There's no way around it, friends. Even Lazarus, who was raised from the dead, he eventually had to die again. Anyone who got healed, eventually they will die because these bodies were not meant to live forever. But the hope of a believer, friends, those that have already experienced a resurrected spirit, when death comes knocking at their door, they don't see it as finality. They see it as only a delay. In fact, Jesus, he, he even calls followers that are dead. He doesn't call them dead. He calls them asleep. 
And we see the Apostle Paul using that same language when he's talking about those that believe and when they die, he says that they're asleep. Why? Because he says this, is that everyone who has his resurrected spirit, he says this, is that the resurrected spirit carries his hope within them for a resurrected body someday. See, Jesus came so that we could have full resurrection. But see, Jesus, he made eternity the first priority. He deals with the soul issue because he knows that it's our soul that is eternal in us. See, Jesus didn't come to just make bad people good. He came so that dead people can become alive. And in case you hear that as judgment, it's not. See, our sins have already been judged. They were judged at the cross. Sin is sin, and we know that the penalty of sin is death. But I want to tell you this morning is that death is not the end. God offers us mercy through the death of Jesus on the cross. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, 5, it says this, but God in his great love for us, listen to this, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Romans 5 says this, it says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us, that while we were sinners, while we were away from him, while we were rebellious towards him, while we wanted nothing to do with him, it says that he still loved us and gave his life for us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it was always the plan of God to resurrect us, to give us new life. That was always the plan of God for every person. And friends, I want to tell you that this changes everything. This will change your perspective on life when you change your perspective on death. See, Good Friday was the death of Jesus, but Easter Sunday was the death of death. And that is good news, my friends. That is great news that you can rise because Jesus rose. That's the hope of the gospel. That's That's why we're celebrating today is because Jesus is alive. He rose so that we can rise up from the loss and the deepest, darkest of days. But for many of us, our faith, it it stops at the misery of the cross when it needs to move into the victory of the grave. This is where we sit sometimes, though, with our faith and our relationship with God. It, It stops at the cross oftentimes. It stops at the death, just like the disciples and just like the women that we read in the story today. At the tomb, these women were looking for Jesus as he was. They were mourning his death, but Jesus was wanting them to see him for who he is, and he is alive. The angels even told the women later, you'll see in another another gospel, it says this, they said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? See, until we realize the resurrection power in our own lives, until we realize that, that, that who he is and that he would never leave us nor forsake us, until we bring Jesus, a personal Jesus, into our lives, into the darkest moments of our lives, we will always stop. Our faith will always stop at the pinnacle of our pain. And we will suffer through life, but Jesus did not create us to live in existence this way. That's why he offers us an abundant life. Now, does that mean that bad things will never happen to you? I wish that was true, but it's not. We understand this, is that that there's going to be good days and there's going to be some bad days because we live in a fallen world. But what Jesus is going to tell us that those things don't have the power to destroy us. Child of God, he has created you in such a way 
that if all hell comes at you, you will be able to stand the test and stand true. How is this possible? Because when you put your hope in Jesus, you are built your life upon a rock. And that means that you built your life upon the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Death is not final. Yet sometimes, though, we have to walk through seasons of delay. No one likes delay, right? We don't like delays. We don't like when our food is delayed, right? If we get hangry, we get mad because the food is cold. We don't like to go to the airport waiting for our flight, and we see the sign say that it, the flight is delayed. Man, that really frustrates us, doesn't it? None of us like delays. And I think right now in the season of life that we're in, it feels like everything is on delay, isn't it? But God wants you to know that even if life does not happen the way you hoped for Even if it happens a way you didn't expect, it's just a delay. You have to see things for his perspective. See, Mary and Martha at Lazarus' tomb, they were asking Jesus, they were saying, why would you delay? And it was because he wanted them to understand a deeper revelation of who he is. He wanted them to know that he had the power over death. Now, if you fast forward the story, you see that Jesus shows up. And he goes to Lazarus' tomb, and, and he calls the people to roll the stone over. And he was already four days dead. He, he, it, it would have stunk. And, 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 and so all the people are gasping, and they don't understand what Jesus is doing in the moment. But Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. He's teaching them a lesson that he has power over yeah. death. Yeah. He wanted them to know that whenever there's a delay in your life, there's always something in there for God's glory and for your good. Again, sometimes the hardest things that in life will reveal the greatest things about God. And the truth today for you Christ followers is that in the times of our lives, whether it's good or bad, it all can be turned around for God's glory. I don't know about you, but I've been around some beautiful souls, some, some, some amazing saints of God that stayed faithful to the end. And I've watched them walk through some painful and sorrowful times. Some of them, I, I even had the honor and privilege of being at their bedside, as, and I got to hold their hand as they're taking their last breaths. And I will tell you this, I've been in those, in those moments, in those hospital rooms, in their bedrooms, as they are passing from this life to the next, the one that is promised to them. And I see so much peace in their eyes. I see so much hope in their heart. And I'm wondering, how can they do this when they're facing death? And it's because those beautiful people, they know that death is not the end. They know that they are passing on to a full eternal life that Jesus promised them. And I want to tell you that in, those, in their presence, I am humbled. I am in awe and I'm looking at them and I know that the only reason why they're able to experience that peace and hold on to the hope in such a difficult time is because I recognize that it's the living presence of Jesus in their life. It's his power that helps them endure those moments. And I see what Jesus do. I can do. I see the resurrection power. Let's finish the story here in, in Mark chapter 16, verse 3. It says, and they looked at each other and they said, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? So they're distraught. They don't know what to do. They're ready to close the door on this part of their life. God has a different plan. They look up. Some of you need to look up. 
Some of you are looking too far into your own thing and, 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 and it's starting to discourage you and it's starting to rob you of your hope. But God wants to tell you this morning, you need to look up because he's already prepared a way just like he did for these women. He prepared a way for them to look into the empty tomb. Jesus' body wasn't in there. Jesus didn't need that door to be open. He passed on through. But he opened it up so that they can look in. And so it says that they looked into the tomb. They saw, and when they looked in, they saw a young man dressed in white robes. This wasn't just a human. This was an angel in all his glory. Sitting at the right hand, and they were alarmed. I mean, can you imagine the sight? Can you imagine all of a sudden, they walk into a miracle because they were met by God in their despair. And in this moment, they see these angels in all their glory. And all of a sudden, hearts are turned. It says they were alarmed. And then the angel tells them, he says, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. Yeah, he died. But guess what? He is risen. He's not here. You were looking for Jesus for who he was, but you haven't seen him yet for who he is. You need to understand him for who he is. And who is he? He is the risen king. He is the resurrection and the life. He is risen. And you have to understand this, friends, is that Christianity did not end at the cross. It lives on through the resurrection. But for many of us, our faith ends at the pinnacle of our pain. It ends at death. It ends at delay. All of a sudden, our worlds get rocked and they get shook. And all of a sudden, we pull away from church and we pull away from God. And and, and we start to isolate ourselves. When God wants to tell you this morning, you're tuning in today to hear this great message of the resurrection. So you have to understand, how does that play in my life? Well, he wants to tell you that death is not final and delay is not his denial. He loves you. He has resurrection power for you. And he wants to give you light in dark times. He wants to trade in your sorrow and give you joy. And he wants to take the dead things in your life and he wants to bring them back to life. Will you let him this morning? Will you let him? All of us have things probably to bring. All of us have things that we hide. All of us have things that we try to avoid, the pain, the suffering. I don't know what it is for you, but I know that every day I can bring those things to the Lord. And I can say, Lord, help me bring life back into this area. God, don't let this die. Don't let this go away. God, I believe, God, that you have the power to resurrect, to bring it back. And maybe you're watching today and you've not, you know, made this a faith of your own. And you've heard countless stories about this Jesus, but you have not had the revelation you've had the knowledge but you haven't transferred into revelation and today it's there for you right now in this moment and if that's you just just type and put put a hand emoji or or you could you could text and say i'm in and and somebody's standing by right now and they're going to pray for you they're going to respond to you i'd love to talk to you afterwards there's going to be a way to contact me i'd love to talk to you kind of share, share more of this story, this Jesus story. This is just the beginning. But if you come to this place and you're saying, Jesus, I want to believe. I'm ready. And you're ready to, to, to release whatever guilt, whatever pain, whatever shame to him and say, Jesus, that was covered. That was done at the cross. I don't have to keep trying to suffer for that. I'm going to re- release it to you. I'm going to believe in you that at the cross it was all there. You 
bore it all. And I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to believe that on the third day, you didn't stay in the tomb, you were risen. And I want that resurrection life in me. That's how resurrection starts today. So that's you. Go ahead and respond. Even in this way, it's unique, it's different, I know. But God's power can transcend all these things, and he can get right into your heart today, and he can change your life. And the Bible says that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's a new start, it's a new beginning. Let this Easter be that for you. And maybe for some of us who've been walking this road, and we kind of we heard the story a thousand times, but, but today you're dealing with delay. You're dealing with a moment of delay where you're just wondering, like, God, when is this going to happen? Why did this have to happen? And you're questioning, you're wondering, but just know that you have the risen Savior in your life. Even though there's a delay, that doesn't mean that there is a denial happening there. He knows. He just wants to give you a revelation of his power within you in those moments so that you can become an overcomer. You can make it through. People look at your life and they'd be in awe and say, how can they make it through that thing? But it's because of the presence of Jesus, the resurrected power. Paul says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And that could be for you today. So if you need to make that uh, declaration today, you're going to trust him even in the moments of delay because you know it's not final, it's not over. Jesus is with you. And he's got a plan and he's got a purpose. And you just got to hold on to the hope. Let hope rise. Let hope rise. That's what the resurrection is all about. That's what the Easter story is all about. Friends, I'm so glad you tuned in today. I'm so glad you're with us today. I want to take a moment. I want to pray for you all. Church family, I miss you dearly. I miss your faces. I, I, miss, I miss being, gathering together. I know that this time will pass. I know that sooner than later, we'll be gathering together and life will start to shift and maybe things will kind of start to feel normal again. But friends, I want you to take advantage of what God was wanting to do in this moment because I think that we don't have to wait for then. We can experience the goodness now. So stay positive. Look up. Trust the Lord that he's doing a work in you even now. I believe it with all my heart. And I pray for you all the time for that to be a revelation in your heart. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity, God to be gathered together, even in by this means, God, to be gathered together with many that are, that are here to celebrate this great story, powerful story that's changed the world. And I pray for those that are hearing this for the first time or actually responding to it for the first time. I thank you for them, Lord. I pray right now, God, that they have the boldness in their heart, God, and out of their mouth, God, to right now, for the very first time, Lord God, bring their heart to you through their words the longing of their heart, God, to surrender their life to you. Say, Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins? I trust in the power of the cross, and I believe in the power of the resurrection. And today I want to start my day following you. God, if anybody's saying that prayer right now, God, I pray, Lord, show them, God, that they are new, they are fresh, and they are your children. And God, I pray for anyone today that is experiencing a delay in any area of their life and is starting to rob them of their hope. I pray, God, that you show them, God, that your delay is not, their, is not your denial, God, that you are working things out for their good, that you are showing them, that you are with them, that you have not left them, and they have you by their side. You are ever-present help in our time of need. You stay closer than the brother. You are there in the presence. You give us the Holy Spirit to comfort us and to give us peace. For that, we say thank you and amen. We love you, God. We thank you for this time. Amen. We love you. 
look forward to seeing you next week. Keep looking out on Facebook and our website. We're going to post things and groups and all this cool stuff that we have in plan. But God bless you. Have a wonderful Easter Sunday. Have a good day. much for joining us. We know that this Easter Sunday looks very different than any Easter we've ever had before, but we're so glad that we can continue to celebrate. So keep on celebrating today. We want to encourage you to take family pictures and post them online tagging Grace Church Federal Way. That way we can all share in this um, beautiful day with you and see your family. And also, if you would like prayer, whether it's responding to today's message or if you have a specific need, we want to encourage you to text the number on the screen and one of our pastors will get back to you today and this can happen anytime throughout the week you can text that number and you'll get a response we love you we hope you have a wonderful day celebrating our risen king and we'll see you next week